This is the second episode in the teletherapy series we are doing to help you learn more about this service delivery model in case you were looking to make a permanent or temporary switch. As we learned last week, teletherapy isn't something that can be thrown together without thought and consideration of many factors. That's why I invited another amazing SLP and teletherapist, Stacey Pfaff, to share how she is rocking teletherapy. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here is your host, author, AAC specialist, and matcha tea lover, Vanita Litvak. She and her guests are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at SpeechySideUp. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by speech language pathologist and teletherapist, Stacy Pfaff. Stacy works as a teletherapist full-time for an online virtual academy. She is also a Teachers Pay Teachers author who loves bringing fun and engaging activities to her sessions. Stacy is a strong advocate for digital teaching materials, not only because she is a teletherapist, but because technology enables new ways for people to learn. Hey, Stacy. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on today. So before we get started, let's paint a picture for the listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do today, and how you got there? Yeah, absolutely. So again, I'm Stacy Pfaff, and this is my third year working as a teletherapist. Prior to teletherapy, I served as an educational speech pathologist, mostly in early intervention. So that's kind of where my heart lies. But um, I've also served students in elementary settings and high school settings. About four years ago, my husband was transferred from North Dakota to Omaha for work. And at that time, I decided to take some time off so my son could age into preschool. And as he was kind of in preschool, he'd moved to kindergarten. I just wanted to be home for him during that transition. It was a little hard for me not to work. And I stumbled across some teletherapy groups online and decided it would be a nice option with some flexibility to work while my son was in preschool in the afternoons. Well, at never did I dream that that um, option with teletherapy would be something that I fell in in love with. I always thought I'd go back to working in the brick and mortar setting in early intervention, but um, I haven't. I've been with teletherapy ever since, and I always say that teletherapy found me because I feel really feel that's how it unfolded. Yeah, I love that you have that blog post that describes that transition as well, right? Yeah, yep, yep, and so hopefully that inspires people to really know that teletherapy can find you. And it's, it's an amazing area of speech therapy to be in right now. Yeah. I mean, especially nowadays, whether someone is choosing to do teletherapy or they have to do teletherapy temporarily. So that's why I'm so excited to have you on today and just get more of your perspective and your tips and tricks. So why don't we start with your four must haves for teletherapy? Oh, this is such a great question. Um, 
and it's it's going to be really simple because you can get started with teletherapy with minimal tools. Um, the first and what I think is most important is to have a secure and high-speed internet connection. I know this probably seems like the obvious, but it is the one thing that will make or break my sessions with my students. Both myself and families need to be hardwired to the internet using um, like an ethernet cord, and it just allows for uninterrupted sessions with um, pretty continuous connectivity. Hotspots on your cell phones is something you will need to avoid with your families, although it may happen, especially in the situation that we're in. You just have to kind of, you know, go with what you can, but that would be one of the first thing is having that good internet connection. Great tip. Yeah. Um, again, a headset for me is suggested but it's not required required it filters out any background noise it is one of your computer if your computer has poor audio a headset can really solve that issue and it allows for students to really hear me clearly and i honestly think it has made a greater impact on the progress i see with my students if you think about um, articulation therapy if we can just have those sound amplified and right going into their the ear and their auditory pathway they just pick up on the the their articulation skills so much quicker in my opinion um, so i think that is just a a nice tool to have in your in your sessions that's a really great example of why a headset would be so important especially for the student or the client on the other end especially to hear those sounds and distinguish them thanks for sharing that yeah, absolutely. And of course, you really need to have a HIPAA compliant platform. And we'll kind of touch on this again, I think, in, in the session, but there's a lot of platforms out there, but there have been a few that are not HIPAA compliant. So that's really essential so that you're protecting yourself and your client's privacy. And the last one, but not least, is digital speech therapy resources. And this is the best part in the to me is the amount of digital resources at our fingertips is incredible. Um, you just have to know where to look and the types of materials that work best in teletherapy. You're really providing the same services, but in just a different way. You know, we're all speech therapists. We all are here with the same education and the same background, but how we deliver those services is through digital speech therapy resources. And um, I'm kind of excited to share those with you too throughout the session. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to hear more. So why don't we talk about them? Let's just jump right in. Oh, okay, I'll go, go. I'll just keep going. So resources that I love for teletherapy, my number one is Boom Cards. Boom Cards is a web-based app that is loaded with interactive, fun, and engaging speech activities. Honestly, I use these every day in teletherapy. And they're not just for teletherapists. They're for any speech therapist who has um, Wi-Fi. You can use them on an iPad. You can use them on the computer. There's a lot of free Boom cards um, that you can access as well. Um, and my students just are so engaged with them. They're so excited to, you can play games with them. Whatever, um, you know, the creator or author of the Boom card lesson makes for you, you can use them with all ages. Um, the sky's the limit with Boom cards. Um, if you would ask me this funny questions. It's like, if you were standing in the, in the desert and you could bring one speech therapy lesson or, act, or tool, what would it be? And I would choose boom cards. That's just how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
And I do have to tell you this one thing during this time of school closures, Bloom is offering a free ultimate subscription and is hosting a hashtag event on Fridays called Flash Freebie Friday. So you can really stock your digital toolbox with Boom cards for very little investments. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. What's the company's name? It's called Boom Learning and they create Boom cards. Okay. So is Boom like the name of Boom cards proprietary to that company or is that just like a term for the type of digital resource? It is actually the name of the company. Okay. All right. The last teletherapist that I had on mentioned Boom cards a lot and I've seen it, you know, posted, but I've never had to use them. So I I was kind of clueless. I appreciate you outlining that for me. Yeah, they're a pretty new platform and a web website, I guess. And we're really just trying to spread awareness that these are an amazing therapy tool for, for everyone to be using. Great. Thank you. All right. So let's get into the platform for teletherapy, the one that you use and some other ones that you might recommend. Yeah, you bet. So I use Adobe Connect currently. But I have also used Zoom as well as GoToMeeting with my experience. The most, um, obviously the important, most important thing we need to know is that it's a HIPAA compliant platform. Zoom is offering a free membership right now, but it's not the HIPAA compliant version. So whatever one you decide to go with, you want to just get that cleared up. Um, and also when searching for a platform, screen sharing is really important and being able to have annotation tools as well so that you can screen share and you can pull up, you know, a pencil or a, a text box so that you can type on a PDF, um, even making a square. So then you have a, a game board with a p- pulled up and you can move the game, the square along the game board, like a game piece. So just having a lot of flexibility in your platform and how you use it is, is really important to me as well. Okay. That's really great. So what populations do you work with currently? Currently I work with, um, kindergarten through 12th grade in an online virtual academy. So all my students are homeschooled and I just work with all ages with all different varying needs. So I don't, I'm not really limited to a certain disability category or a certain age group. So you work with children with autism as well? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. And do you find that like all of the kids that you work with do pretty well with the technology? Do you feel like they have, you know, need some help with redirection. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So there is definitely a variation in how students respond to technology. I find that they're usually very engaged, but you certainly have the kids who are very independent and can be in their teletherapy sessions with me without any sort of virtual assistant. And then you, you certainly have students who maybe are younger, who need to have a virtual assistant right next to them facilitating the activity with them. So I, I see a vary in that and you just have to really um, go in, kind of base your individual decision on, on the student that you're working with um, to see if you need to incorporate a virtual assistant or not. But for the most part, it's all workable. You just have to get creative in how you use your supports. Yeah. Okay. And we briefly talked about this before we got on this. Some of the students that you have on your caseload, you said use AAC or they're maybe um, they have minimal natural speech. Can you talk about what that looks like in therapy? 
Yeah, sure. So I use a lot of core vocabulary boards and I use the, the Universal Core um, project website. I don't know if you're familiar with that. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll bring up on their computer or I'll hold the core vocabulary board in front of the webcam and do a lot of modeling. And then on the other side is the student using their AAC device or um, with the same core vocabulary board and their virtual assistant. So um, we're just doing a lot of mirroring and modeling with that um, age population. And also, you can also use CoughDrop. I don't know if you're familiar with CoughDrop, but that is a kind of a new AAC type system that you can pull up on your computer and it's really a lot uh, over the web so that um, you can screen share and then also have your communication boards out on your, your monitor and kind of use it at the same time. Yeah, that's great. I love that you, I love how you incorporate modeling. So are you pairing that with a separate activity, like an engaging activity? Are you modeling while they're playing something or watching something? Yeah, a lot of times I might, currently what I've been doing is there's actually a boom card lesson that has like a simple modeling a core vocabulary word. So we'll kind of follow along in the, in a little book that says like, go, if we're targeting go, we'll kind of modeling that through throughout the book and then um, we'll pair the communication board with it or we might be playing a game or doing a simple activity with a YouTube video. Awesome. I love that. I think those are very like simple ideas but very engaging activities and I love how you do modeling as well so that they know what to activate on their device and not only them but you know the communication partner who's with them on the other side, likely probably a parent or a sibling, right? That's at the home. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so I was also going to mention that you can spend a portion of your time working in the session with your student, but also a portion of your time doing parent coaching and maybe just brainstorming ideas of how they can use um, certain activities in the home environment. So that is one really good thing about, you know, teletherapy is that you have a lot more communication, I feel personally, with the caretakers and with the, the we call them learning coaches, um, that you can do a lot of training and they can see therapy hands on and the models that you're using in your sessions with it, and then they can carry it over into their home environment. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like it gives them more responsibility too, because I think if you are doing like face-to-face -face therapy and even if a parent is there, it's so easy to kind of take over the session, even when you are doing parent coaching, um, you know, it's with a good intentions, but when you are doing it virtually, like you physically cannot assist the student, the, you really have to rely on that coaching for the communication partner to know what to do. Yeah. Yep. So it just gives us more, uh, more of an avenue to, to reach the family. I love that part about teletherapy. Yeah. That's amazing. And how long are your sessions typically? They're typically about 30 minutes. Okay. I have a few that are shorter, some are longer. <laughs> so I have a few kids who kind of like the longer sessions once a week rather than meeting twice a week for 30 minutes, but most of them on average are 30 minutes. Okay. And do you mind me asking like how big your caseload is? No, not at all. Um, currently I have 42 students on my caseload. Okay. And how about your hours during the day? What does like a typical day look like? 
Yeah, current, well, my set hours that I provide to my supervisor are about 8 to 4.30, but there's a lot of flexibility in my day. Some days I sit down at my computer at 7 and I might end a little bit earlier. Um, if I have to move students around for an IEP meeting, I sure, certainly can do that. The flexibility is amazing, especially when I'm working with students who are homeschooled and in a virtual classroom or a virtual learning environment. The I'm working directly with the parents and their schedules and there's almost never an issue with me having to adjust our schedules for any reason, whether it be personal appointment or, you know, a, an IEP meeting or I have to test a certain student. The, there's just so much flexibility in teletherapy. It's just amazing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think if people do have to start exploring teletherapy, kind of knowing what a you know, regular day would look like. It sounds like it's a lot like regular therapy, just, you know, you're doing it through teletherapy. And do you, I'm sure you provide group therapy as well, or is it mostly one-on-one? I do provide group therapy. So um, when I first started teletherapy, the the places that I contracted with really um, only allowed for individual therapy. But when I moved to Connections Academy, they have a expectation that you do group students. And I was a little apprehensive to group students in teletherapy. I was like, how are we going to ever do this? <laughs> but it works amazing. Um, the students that I work with love to connect online with other peers. And it provides an opportunity for them to make some friends, it pr- opportunities for them to practice their social skills that we might be working on. A lot of times they'll ask um, if they can exchange phone numbers or emails and um, What's very cool is sometimes if I'm working with students in two different states, um, they're able to connect with somebody from a distance. And they love that. Students are just so motivated to come to your sessions because they think it's cool to be in a live lesson or a teletherapy session with somebody from another state. Um, So I do definitely do a lot of grouping. It's just very similar to how you would group in-person speech therapy. Um, You just pull your lessons up on your monitor and and you get busy. That is so cool. Thank you for kind of illustrating that so people can see what that looks like. Are you looking for more high quality therapy materials? Published materials can be pricey and take a while to arrive. Digital resources, on the other hand, can be downloaded immediately, but sometimes the quality isn't as good as you expected. I don't know about you, but I think it's so frustrating when you spend money on your materials and they're not helpful in the end. That is why Therapy Materials Vault creates low prep and no prep digital resources for you to download immediately. Thankfully, their resources are created by the same multidisciplinary team of therapists, so you can expect the same quality from every one of their resources. The best part is that each resource can be adapted to target multiple goals and they're very affordable with the average price being 2 to $7. Therapy Materials Volt is like the perfect combination of published and digital materials. You get the convenience of an immediate download and the streamlined and engaging content that you would expect from published materials. Visit therapymaterialsvault.com to check out their freebies and a library of English and Spanish materials. And guess what? The team at TMV also wanted to offer you a 20% discount off all activity downloads just for listening to this podcast. Use the code SpeechySideUp at checkout to get your discount and stock up on some fun and engaging materials today. What about the credentialing with the different states? Like if you have like work with students in California or yeah. Georgia? Yep, that's a great 
great thing to bring up. So if you're starting teletherapy, you need to check on the ASHA website or um, if you're contracting with a specific company or, or whatnot, the policies regarding teletherapy. Each state has different requirements and how you need to be credentialed to practice and how you deliver those services. So for some example, some states require in-person evaluations. Some states might require a certain percentage of in-person therapy in addition to teletherapy. There's no um, continuum of or consistency across straight lines with in the teletherapy world <laughs> in that sense. And um, as far as licensures and credentialings, I am licensed in six different states and um, in all six states there's different requirements. So some required just your educator um, teaching credential, some required your professional license and your educating educator teacher credential. So it's really important to kind of do your research before you get started in, in your particular state with teletherapy. Yeah, it sounds like it. I imagine when you work for a company, they probably facilitate that. They do facilitate it. Yep. They do. It's very helpful if you have someone to kind of take that off your plate. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So let's jump into our getting to know you game before we wrap up. Um, I imagine with teletherapy, you have some pretty good like stories or therapy fails. Do you mind sharing those? No. So gosh, I love being able to get into the homes of my, my students during teletherapy. And, and I suppose once a, once I, once a month, I kind of have a funny story. And just last week I was working with my student and his caretaker must've been napping in the same room because he started to snore really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is, is that, what is that noise? And the student was a little embarrassed. So he kind of put his microphone on mute and went and told his dad that he needed to wake up or move to the other room because he was snoring really loudly. That is so funny. Yeah. And then another time I had a student who I was going to do an evaluation with um, sign in to our teletherapy session from a restaurant at a birthday party. And I was so taken back by that. I was like, oh, okay. So her mom was like sitting right next to her. She had her headset on, but I could hear so much background noise, you know, and <laughs> obviously it was not a good environment to do, be doing services. So we had to kind of reschedule our session. <laughs> so yeah. we get funny things like that happening all the time. It's just second nature for them to be doing school wherever they want to be. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's too funny. I guess you can give them an A for effort, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> what about, what are three things that you can't work without? So I cannot work out without my second monitor, my paper planner. So I'm all about digital therapy and digital resources, but the one thing that I do have is a paper planner. I have to write my schedule down, otherwise I miss something. Um, and then my slipper socks. I come to work every day and I put on my slipper socks. <laughs> oh, I love that. I just got some for my birthday and I've been wearing them around the house and they're not stylish at all. My husband's like, <laughs> um, are you going to like wear real shoes ever again? But <laughs> with no school the next two weeks, I don't know if I will. I know you get a transition into the teletherapist, um, wardrobe and working yeah. clothing line. <laughs> do you wear like pajamas sometimes? Be honest. So, totally honestly, yes. I do wear, sometimes I just wake up, throw some makeup on, put my, change my shirt and we're good to go. 
That's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just one of the perks of working from home and, and in this environment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what do you enjoy doing outside of work? So outside of work, I love to, um, I kind of love health and wellness. So I run. I was currently training for a half marathon that was supposed to be April 11th, but of course we all know that got canceled and, or not so much canceled, but postponed. So I'm still going to run and train. I'll just have to change it up a little bit. Um, and then I also love photography. I just have always had an interest in, in capturing life and images and the creativity. And, and of course that comes in, I to think to me making materials on teacher pay teacher. I just love being creative um, and seeing things in a different way, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that the run was canceled, but maybe they'll That's reschedule okay. it. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, and I did see that you like photography. I'll have to see some of the things that you photograph. That's awesome. Do you have it on your blog? Um, I do have um, I just started, um, I thought I would start kind of taking some stock photos and putting it in Teacher Pay Teacher or just online for people to share. And I have one set on there I had from this winter when it was like a really pretty winter snowfall. I haven't gotten any other ones up, but <laughs> That's awesome. I, I certainly need to do that. Yeah, great. And then last thing, what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Um, you know, this is kind of a hard one because I think I would tell myself just to slow the boat a little bit. I'm always thinking ahead and what project do I need to be working on next? I don't have time to sit down and watch this movie, you know, um, just trying to kind of slow the boat and enjoy life a little bit and take time to smell the roses. Cause I just feel like, I think this is probably true for a lot of speech therapists. We kind of go at a faster pace than <laughs> a lot of people in this world. So that's still something I need to take into consideration. But looking back, even when my kids were babies, I think I wish I would have just taken time to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a good piece of advice. I think now with this situation, it's requiring people to slow down and it's a little uncomfortable, but I think it's also really good and healthy as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, I am going to enjoy this time at home with my kids and just take it as a opportunity to kind of do things we haven't had time for. So, yeah, definitely. Well, this has been so great, Stacey. Thank you so much for coming on and agreeing to do this last minute. I think people are going to find this super helpful. So before we wrap up, where can everybody find and connect with you? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my Instagram and Facebook handles are my teletherapy room. And so they can just reach out to me anytime um, through Messenger or, or just come over to my teletherapy room and see what's going on. I'm sharing constantly new tips and tricks with teletherapy, new digital resources, and um, whatever I can think of that would be such a great tool for you to have as you're kind of being thrown into teletherapy or even if you're considering being a teletherapist. Just come on over and um, join the party. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know people will really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much again, Stacy. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed this and um, I can't wait to see what you come up with. <laughs> yeah, same. I'll definitely be following along on your journey. I'm sure I'll be referencing a lot of your materials and resources in the near future. So thank you again. And until next time. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Before we go, I wanted to see if you like listening to these episodes every week. 
Do you want to keep hearing from these awesome guests? And do you love that you can learn the helpful resources and tips for free? My editor, aka my sister, and I spend a lot of time every week putting these episodes together so that they can be ready for you on Wednesday mornings. We would love it so much if you would take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media or leave a positive review. And guess what? Every month, I will choose one reviewer to win a little thank you gift. You can choose from a product in my TPT store, an AAC coaching call, or gift card. It's the least I can do to show how much I appreciate your support. It's because of you that this podcast keeps going.